Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Football Social Daily. Premier League Updates. Another crazy night of action in the Champions League. Can we have Champions League every midweek? Liverpool and Manchester City and Spurs and Chelsea. Every game had something to talk about and that's no different with the games that happened on Wednesday evening for our Premier League teams. Spurs involved in a cracker against Red Star Belgrade and it all happened in the Manchester City versus Atalanta game as well. And let's not forget... 10-4 kickoff yesterday in the Europa League as Arsenal took on Vittoria Guimaraes, the Portuguese side, in an early kickoff a day early. I don't know what's going on anymore. This is Football Social (laughs) Daily, your daily Premier League podcast, the only Premier League podcast you can find that comes out every single day of the week. My name's Niall. Alongside me in the studio, we have Steve McNaughton. Hello, Steve. Hello, Niall. Are you starting to feel the nerves yet? Have you got, I won't call it derby belly, but it probably feels a bit like that with Man City on the horizon. I'd say bring it on. Bring it on, all the confidence is there. What about you, Stephanie? Are you nervous at all? I'm not nervous, but like you, I just don't know what's going on anymore. I've lost it. You're not nervous that Hearts are going to get relegated out of the Scottish (laughs) Premiership? Do you know what? Why get get nervous about a certainty? You know what I mean? There's no need to worry (laughs) about that. Surely it's not a certainty. I mean, I don't know what the table looks like. You're both confident for different reasons. I like it. I like it. Um, We will be talking very, very briefly um, about Liverpool versus Manchester City. Of course, we will have a full preview of that game on Saturday on our special Premier League preview show, which comes out every weekend. So make sure you hit subscribe so you never miss a show so you're ready for that but tonight we're going to be talking about Spurs getting the job done against Red Star Belgrade we're also going to be talking about Manchester City and the fact they lost Edison and Kyle Walker had to go in goal we'll also be talking about the Friday night fixture tomorrow the first fixture of the weekend's Premier League games as Norwich take on Watford is that a six-pointer already but let's start in the Champions League with Tottenham Hotspur well, you've been to Belgrade, haven't you? And you have. mentioned it on the podcast yesterday about how it's an intimidating atmosphere. It's and horrible. There were a couple of people that said on the show, don't want to throw them under the bus, Jim Salverson, he threw me under the bus yesterday. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Throw him under the bus I'm... because they, they chucked me under it yesterday well, saying, oh, it's it. going to be difficult for Tottenham. <laughs> well, yeah, 4-0, exactly. let, me, Four cut, let me have you, come yeah, on. Yeah, Xhaka, cut the ears. <laughs> but um, they threw me under the bus saying that I said Ajax versus Chelsea was going to be a cagey game when actually I predicted it would be 2-2, which is not exactly, that cagey, exactly. really. So we, so we know what we're on about 
getting our own back. We're getting our own back. I'm sure Jim will listen to this and probably find a way to get us back under the bus. He'll just edit it out. <laughs> yeah, probably. When's Jim hosting again? I don't know. Tomorrow, I think. Well, I'm on it again tomorrow. Oh, so. God. Well, rub yeah, our hands together and wait for yeah. that. Um, in all seriousness, though, Spurs, you said it was a difficult place to go, but they, they made it look easy. Yeah, I think um, Belgrade had a couple of... Red Star, sorry. Well, Red Star Belgrade had a couple of... Uh, chances early on, they did, yeah. which and then and then they kind of just seemed to run out of steam dead, dead early. Yeah. Um, fair play to Tottenham. Um, I thought I thought Son was on fire. What a way to come back from from having quite a difficult weekend the weekend before. Yeah. Um, they, do you know what they were just efficient? And what I kind of liked about it is how Harry Kane. He, he he wasn't really playing out and out as a centre forward. He looked like he was dropping back a Pulling bit. Pulling some serious strings. Yeah, like he looked a bit like a quarterback. You know how? Remember when uh, they said, "Oh, let's get Beckham to be a quarterback for England, yeah, and he can sure. just ping it left, right, and centre." Mm. He, he he was kind of like sitting behind where you would expect him to be, and the overlap with Danny Rose. I mean, for for that goal, it was yeah. just it just proved a point. Yeah. They, they played really well. Brilliant ball into Rose, who laid it across, and then Son smashed it into the net. And Stefan mentioned Son. And it was difficult for him on Sunday at Goodison Park, a game in which a lot of people, I think, in the next few months will probably forget the score of because everyone will remember it for the day that Andre Gomez broke his leg really badly. But the, the way Son kind of reacted to it and the way he handled himself after the game and also after the, uh, last night's game, again yeah. referring back to it, quite classy from the guy. Well, to absolutely, be fair. Yeah, and Poch, uh, yeah, and, and he's a good on the great on the pitch. And obviously, as we've seen off the pitch, he, he's he's you know an an icon really. And for South Koreans around the world, he is an absolute superstar. Oh, he's mega, isn't he? Um, but for his mental strength to come back from something like that, Pochettino said he was ready to play, and he showed that. Steve, he showed yeah. that he is capable to go through those difficult moments and come out I the other it's, side. It's part and parcel of what he has to do, isn't it? It was really unfortunate. It's been it's the first time I've been on a podcast uh, this weekend. You know, I really felt for him on Sunday um, because he was so close to, to the incident when it happened and obviously the, the build-up to that, totally innocuous. I'm glad the red card's been rescinded for him. Hmm. Um, and he's, he, he just delivers on and off the pitch constantly. I mean, I don't know where Tottenham would be without him, to be fair. And, um, I, I, you know, he's one of them players where I think actually I'd like him in our team. But he's responded in the right way last night. He, he's... When I seen the goals, because I've only seen highlights of it, sure. uh, when, when I seen it and he's putting his hands up and, and, and I, you know, almost like apologise, and I think yes, that is a classy gesture, but I don't think he needed to do I it. I agree. I totally but, agree. But, no, but, but that's like the Asian mentality. That is like be humble and then be humble beyond belief. I think you're dead right. I think you're dead right. I don't think it's almost in a strange way patronising, condescending. Yeah. It's almost like everyone knows that Son didn't mean to do it. He doesn't need to do the whole praying thing. I'm with you, Steve, on that. Yeah. I'm not going to lay think, into him I, I for think, it. No, just, I'm not criticising the guy. Nice just, guy man. He is just you know a nice I mean? guy. He is. But I, he is I, a lovely I just, guy. I kind of felt when if I, he does it this weekend again, then 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 let's yeah. pull. But I, you know, when I seen it, I just thought, ah, oh, it's crazy. Just don't feel it's you cringy. needed to do it. Yeah. You know, draw more attention to it. And it, it, it's he's he's done it with the best of intentions. There's no doubt about it because that's the makeup of the man, if you like. Um, but I just think park it now. Concentrate on your football. You know, do what you do, and, and and quite a lot of weeks dragged that Spurs team along. If he had scored against Everton in like a cup <laughs> game or something and did yeah. that, then I'd understand. He scored against Red Star Belgrade. It's nothing to do with Andre Gomez. Also, no. can can we talk about the first Tottenham goal, by the way? Because yes. that that was an absolute oh. free for all. Oh my like, gosh, I was laughing. Is, I was laughing. Is, is it going in? Is it going in? Is it going in? Where where? Oh, what's going on here? 
And then Lacelso on it, he just popped up and yeah, yeah. just knocked in his first goal. Well, what, what I would say is Peter Drury, who was commentating on that game, commentator is, is, out there. is an unbelievable commentator, and yeah. even he was struggling <laughs> yeah. to just, deal with that situation. It, it, it was pinball, wasn't it? Like he is so good to listen to doing a match, especially when a team scores, and if it's a big goal, he yeah, is yeah. unbelievable. Can you do an impression of him? Um, his, his words, Mane Salah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, he's living through a dream of Sunday in his head. He's yeah, preparing he's for brilliant, it. and I think you know um, uh, it'd be interesting to see what Sky do when Tyler calls it a day you know because uh, even though he's been around for a long time and he's done the job I don't like Martin Tyler as a commentator it'd be interesting like you say to see what happens to Martin he's Tyler he's too biased he's well, too biased everyone's biased aren't they in, in you know, one way know, or another just, you know the teams that he wants to, to, to do by the, you know, the commentary delivers and sometimes <laughs> like a team will score a worldie and he's just like oh, it takes him it, a couple of seconds average to, goal. Yeah, and he's yeah. like you know it's, oh, it's who it. does he support do we know I think Woking. He, Woking Woking he's assistant manager at Woking but you know you someone like say for oh and it's a worldie from Vardy and I, you know Rashford <laughs> like, Martin you've got to have a bit of objectivity about it you know bias commentary I didn't think we'd ever be talking about that <laughs> on this podcast um, in terms of Spurs good win for them yes. they're obviously not doing too great in the Premier League but they do have a favourable run of fixtures coming up they've got Sheffield United at home West Ham away then they've got Olympiacos in the Champions League again before Bournemouth Manchester United and Burnley I mean you're looking at Man United as the, the toughest out of those Sheffield United for me out of those fixtures but in current form you would argue Sheffield United but they're all sort of teams knocking around the middle of the table, similar to Spurs. If they win these games or get some points, there's a chance for them to move up the table quite quickly. Mm-hmm. I so, think I think it'll be much the same as what's been happening for the last few weeks, to be honest, Spurs. I think Spurs will stutter throughout the season. They do anyway, though, because even when they've been up near the top and people have been making noises about Tottenham, oh, you know, this might be the year, they might kind of, you know, finally break it. I mean, like, they talk about Liverpool doing it. But then they just capitulate. But it just seems like the problems are in early in the season this year. And, I wouldn't be surprised if they found a bit of consistency, you know, towards and after Christmas, and certainly cemented, you know, a place in that top four or five. It's all it's all quieting down a little bit on the Tottenham front over the last two weeks. I mean, like two, three weeks ago, we were really we were, all, we were laying into Pochettino and and the Spurs players, but we we had a lot of questions about them. We were yeah. talking about them almost every day. Mm. It's kind of settled down it's, a little bit now. It's like the old adage though: you've just got to ride the storm with these things. Ride you, the you know, storm because it's when when this is all blowing up about Pochettino and his press conferences, the noise he's making, and clearly a bit of dysfunctionality with Daniel Daniel Levy. It just kind of goes away doesn't it? And they mm. have to play through it and get them. The results will drive them through it. That's so. it. The best way to avoid it is to win. Yeah. And they've 100%. done that against Red Star Belgrade. They still uh, need to pick up some more points, though, in that group to qualify. And as we say, Olympiacos is their next test. In the Premier League, their next test is Sheffield United, who I must say I've been very impressed with this season. Did say at the start of the season, they'll surprise a few. I didn't think they'd be doing this well. So uh, fair well, play to well, Chris well Wilder. Well done you patting your own back. Right. Just saying, Chris Wilder... <laughs> He's, he's the next big thing I'm telling you he's Chris a good Wilder, manager a hell of a manager and he gets an extra 10 or 15% out of them lads yeah, awesome. in terms of level brilliant yeah, good story absolutely ok what about Manchester City then they travelled to Milan to play against Atalanta in the San Siro Atalanta's stadium is not up to UEFA standards so they can't so, play there so, so they have to play in the San Siro a San Siro which is being knocked down because it's not up to scratch <laughs> so Italian uh, architecture in terms of their it, football stadiums isn't exactly on the up no it was a bit weird kind of seeing like 35,000 people in like a San Siro stadium which, which is ginormous yeah. you know what I mean Tolo yeah oh well, it's have you been in when it's empty no oh the seats are they're like all different colours aren't they yeah honestly I've been on a stadium tour around the San Siro and I've been on a stadium tour around the stadium of light 
right? Ben, <laughs> Benfica <laughs> or Sunderland? <laughs> Sunderland, right? <laughs> and, <laughs> and the Sunderland, do even do honestly, for the that? Sunderland dressing rooms just it's almost like a five star hotel in comparison to the San Siro dressing rooms it's a different level honestly just wooden benches yeah do you know what Mental. I had when he said mentioned the Sunderland dressing room I had a dark joke then but we won't go there right okay <laughs> yeah. um, okay what about Manchester City let's talk about the game it finished 1-1 plenty of chances Sterling's goal to get Manchester City 1-0 in front was absolutely brilliant great link yeah. up play and the ball was in the back of the net in a flash Sterling 14th goal of the season he's He's world class. Oh, yeah. Ster- Sterling looked on fire last night. And he, to be honest, he should have had a few more. Um, I think the big finger needs to be pointed at uh, Gabriel Jesus for that penalty. I oh, mean, wow. Yeah, that I, was poor. Because that was a good yard or two past the post. I mean, that, that's difficult to do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's scary. It's just, it, I don't know whether he scuffed it or what, or he just maybe overthought it, but it was a bad, Why was bad he taking miss. it anyway? It's a bad, bad miss. I don't know, but... T- to be fair, City, City, looked, City looked really comfortable, especially throughout first half. And then qu- quickly after the break, Atlanta getting that header in. It was just, yeah. it was just that was a FIFA goal. That and, was and, a crossing and, in, wasn't it? Yeah, but the amount of space he had in the middle, Otamendi wasn't tracking him and, and he had a lot of space Standard. to head that in. You know, it was completely unmarked for, in the middle. For the weekend, that's what Steve's probably relishing. The, the idea of Otamendi and Fernandinho, they, they kind of got like, there's, there's big gaping holes at the back yeah. when they play next to well, each other. Well, Bravo got sent off and I think that was slightly harsh. The, the decision was questionable for him to rush out of the penalty area. Mm. Whether that was the right thing to do as a goalkeeper, I'm not so sure. Maybe he should have stayed put. But listen, he's made the decision and Manchester City fans are up in arms about the fact the red card wasn't overturned by VAR. It did look like there wasn't any contact. The decision's been made. Bravo's sent off. Edison looks like he's injured. Kyle Walker had to go in goal. Oh, did a good job. Saved it. a free kick. Did Great well. free kick. Do you know what? I love it when football does this. This this is why football is so good. It's like the storytelling aspect of football. And straight away, somebody in the pub last night said, oh, this reminds me of the time when um, David James um, got subbed on and went up front uh, for Man City. Yes. Stuart Pierce, Pierce put him on instead of John Meriden when or somebody he's, like he's, that. He subbed, he subbed Nicky Weaver on. <laughs> And put that was David it. James up front, and John Macken was sat on the bench like, "What am I doing?" <laughs> that was, <laughs> was it. Yeah. It so, was the end of John Macken. Um So it just, it just, it just the, the chat around the pub just because of Kyle Walker going in goal was fantastic. But he made a save. Well, yeah, it reminded me of when Rio Ferdinand went in goal for United against Pompey with, with his big corners. Uh, well, no, he didn't have them at the time. Look. But anyway, Van der Sar got injured. We played them in the FA Cup quarter final, and uh, Van der Sar got injured. Then Kushak brought down Milan Barros. Remember him? You yes. remember him as a Liverpool fan. And uh, we got a penalty and, and Ferdinand had to go and goal and Sully Mantari smashed it in and he still nearly saved it. Oh. And I still don't know to this day how Manchester United didn't score that day. They battered Portsmouth. They absolutely battered us. But we still won 1-0. We went on to win the cup. So happy days. Good times. Um, but talking about Manchester City, it's a battle between Liverpool and Manchester City. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about it. The big game is this Sunday in the Premier League at Anfield, 4.30 kickoff. A positive for Liverpool fans, a negative for City fans. The absence of Edison. There's a lot of players injured. Do we for know Manchester what's City. happened to Edison then? Because there wasn't really much said about it at half time when he went off. Well, he wouldn't go off, I don't think, unless he was injured. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. The rumours are that Edison is going to miss the Liverpool game. That's a now, massive blow. That's a massive blow for Manchester City and a positive for Liverpool. You're loving it, aren't you, Steve? <laughs> You're loving I'm it. I'm not because uh, I, I think I think it's co- I think it's just a bit of kidology. I think Edison plays on Sunday. Oh, do you think this is the mind game? Yeah, I think he plays. Remember when we played United a couple of weeks ago? They were saying that 
can't remember the two players they were saying that was out, and then lo and behold, just before kickoff, they're in the team. So yeah, it's, it's just all odd. part of the process. Uh, I, even the good thing from a Man City point of view, yes, Edison is a massive loss for for me. He's you know he's one of the top three goalkeepers in the world um, behind Allison and um, uh, Jan <laughs> Oblak uh, for me. What about Manuel Neuer? Neuer's not the keeper he was a few years ago. Ooh. Uh, anyway, that's a different conversation. We'll put that as a subject for the podcast one day. But uh, I just think that City, they have an embarrassment of riches in. They could play two teams at Liverpool at, at the weekend and still, you know, being with a shout out a winning and competing. Do you know what I found really interesting about this Liverpool City game? And this hasn't happened in the past, especially um, with Pep and Klopp, is the mind games have really... Cranked up. They're normally mates, the aren't last... they? Yeah, and they're, they're usually quite settled characters who talk about their team. And Pep's been giving it a little bit about Mane, the diving. We've got a colleague here who ke- who came into work yesterday talking about, hey, let's talk about Mane, the diver. And then so, Sterling it, dives last night. Exactly. But this is the sort of thing. Um, it, it's dead interesting. It's the first time that I can really remember that City and Liverpool have kind of had this psychological build-up to a game. I just think both managers have done done their own heads in. To be fair, I just think that um, you know Pep, you know, said the comments he made on on Saturday after City's game against he beat Southampton Southampton two one at the Etihad. I thought I, th- I didn't think Klopp was going to say anything about it because he's come out and kind of said he's not in the mood to talk about Man City, and then he's mentioned the tactical fouls. Yeah, and it's just like why, why, you know, if you hadn't mentioned the tactical fouls and you just said. I'm not in the mood to talk about Man City. Job done. Yeah, we said this on the podcast a couple of days ago. It's psychological in terms of getting in the referee's head. Oh, 100%. Pep Guardiola Guardiola wants the referee to know that Mane dives. So when Mane does dive and Anfield goes, oh, penalty ref, the referee goes, not having it. By the same token... Klopp wants the referee to know that Manchester City break the game down with tactical fouls. That's exactly. what that's it's, what it is. It's brilliant. It's, though, isn't it? it's but, brilliant. But I mean, in terms of injury, Manchester City and Pep Guardiola said it's a muscular problem. We didn't want to risk him. Which pretty much, gonna pl- pretty gonna much play. identical to what he said about David Silva at the weekend, saying it's a muscular problem. Some of them we don't players will make him. it on Sunday. Do you think Silva and Edison will play? I think they will. Yeah. Magic sponge. Be I fine. just think that <laughs> they'll, they'll play. Um, but like I said, if they don't play and they're going to cut, you know, Edison might be difficult to come on on the bench because really you don't sub goalkeepers do unless something yeah. happens. But I think, you know, Silver may come on from the bench and, you know, and if you've got David Silver stood on the touchline as an opposition fan, you're thinking this is a guy who can actually turn the game on its head in an instant. Yeah. Um, I think City will be fine. Um, I, I, I thought- think they'll come, and they'll, they'll come with a strong team regardless of who's fit and who's not. And I think it'll be a, a quite a cagey game at the weekend. I, I thought the uh, selection last night for Atlanta away was quite surprising by Pep. He fielded a stronger team than what I thought he would, given, he that, the play, that, given that they're playing Liverpool over the weekend. It was only really Mares and Gundogan who kind of started who wouldn't maybe usually start. He so. does do that, though. Pep does play his strongest team. If you look at what he did against Burton when they won 9-0 at the Etihad last season, the team that he put out was just incredibly I, I su- strong. I suppose you've got to think, though, they've got to travel back from Milan. They probably have a day off from training. So they actually probably got a day's less training than they would normally have to prepare for the biggest game of their season. So I guess... They kind of not use it as a training game. Just keep the momentum going. Yeah, just keep the game match going, I suppose. Keep them ticking over. Anyway, that big game is on Sunday. Of course, we'll have a full preview for that on Saturday morning. So make sure you check your inbox if you subscribe to the podcast. If not, hit subscribe and it will drop straight into your inbox wherever you listen to your podcast. Go and check it out. This is Football Social Daily from the Sports Social. And we're not done yet because after the break, we'll be talking about Arsenal, who conceded an injury time equaliser in Portugal in the Europa League. And there's a big game tomorrow night, Friday Night Football, Norwich. 
Norwich against Watford. Stay tuned here on Football Social Daily. We'll be back after this. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Football Social Daily. Premier League updates. Welcome back to the Football Social Daily podcast. My name's Niall. I've got Stefan and I've got Steve in the studio with me today to talk through everything that's been going on with our Premier League teams over the last 24 hours, including Arsenal, where they conceded in the 90th minute and Unai Emery is not the most popular man amongst Arsenal supporters. Stefan, you're a, you're a man of the, the people. You're a traditional football fan. Yeah. Kickoff times are always a bit crazy when you're talking about European games. If you go into somewhere like Russia or Kazakhstan or Ukraine, yeah, it's but... normally like five past six or six mm-hmm. o'clock. Haven't Portugal got the same time as us? The same time. <laughs> so what, what time was it? Half three or something? Ten to four. Ridiculous. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> Do you know what, though? It's probably supply and demand. Like, not many people probably wanted to watch that game. So, yeah, just bang it on early. Why not? Baffling. It's all a bit like, meh. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, well, that is Arsenal, isn't it? Like, it's just meh. like, typical Arsenal. You know, you go and concede. Last, last minute as well. By last all minute. accounts, from what I saw of the game, Vittoria looked the better team. Which is considerably scary because they're not they're not a particularly strong side, and they gave Arsenal a run last time out as well. Emery just feels like it's all about to explode. Yeah, it'd be gone by Christmas. And is that due to pressure from the fans? Do you feel, or I think it's coming from all directions. Really, I think the performances on the pitch, the way that they roll over in certain games, and and there's not a lot of fight. Arsenal, it, it's the funny Arsenal because we we can all see from the outside what we perceive the problems to be. At Arsenal, you know, the kind of no bite in midfield, a soft centre in, in, in mid defence. Got a good goalkeeper in Leno. I really rate Leno. And apparently, you know, I mean, to give Len, Leno a bit of context, you know, when Man City signed Edison, it, it was one of the two of them, uh, you know, that, they, that right? that they were in for. Yeah. Um, I, so I like him. I like some of the Arsenal players. It's just their spine through the team that they just cannot address. Other teams, successful teams, you name your spine through them and, and they go from there and they build outwards from there. But you've got to have a relationship with the fans. If you're the manager of the football club, they've got to be in your corner. So when the chips are down and times are tough, they're still with you to a certain extent. I mean, if, if you take it from a neutral's perspective, there's just nothing interesting about Arsenal Football Club. But there should be. Because if you think of the players that you've got over Yang... <laughs> Nicholas Pepe, uh, which, which, which that, and that's the, that's the problem. We've you got know. young Martinelli up front who, who looks like a player. Yeah, he does. Yeah, Kieran Tierney. I rate him. I like him. But despite all that, Steve, there's just nothing interesting about Arsenal Football Club, and that's a big problem. And and to put that into perspective as well, yesterday I was talking about how I hated Chelsea, yet Chelsea over the last kind of few months have become one of my favourite teams, and Arsenal likewise. I used to love Arsenal seven, eight years ago, and now I, f- I think I love them the most. Mm. It's t- it's tough times, and I I think if you asked Arsenal fans, they just probably don't know what they want. If you said, who's the man to come in? Who's the players that you want to sign? How are you going to kind of turn this round? They'd probably go, oh, we, we don't but know. To be fair, They'd we- probably just name a load of people that are in the, the gossip columns as, as people who and should come in and sign for them. Your favourite post-match saying good evening it's <laughs> <laughs> starting to get on people's nerves it is but apparently the players are taking the piss out of him doing it as well uh, you know I think, I think it was one of one of some of the senior players are going into training and they're openly taking the piss out of Emery yeah. to his face about saying good evening now Emery's a good bloke uh, 
<laughs> he thinks it's hilarious. Lost well, he's, <laughs> he's lost gone. the plot. He's gone. Emery is, is a manager who's won, what, three Europa Leagues at Sevilla. Yeah. Uh, he was a regular, um, uh, you know, he delivered European football for Sevilla on a regular basis, obviously. Then eventually they made the jump and got into the Champions League, you know, when he was manager there. This is a manager that has achieved things, in, in, you know, in Spain. He deserves a certain amount of respect. You, the players can't be doing that, especially senior players. Is that and, not just Emery being soft? Uh, is that not just his style of Pro- management? Probably. Uh, you know, he's probably he can't see the wood for the trees I, there. Honestly, I think if you're if you're a manager going into a team like Arsenal and knowing what sort of squad you've got, and to be fair, some of the players that he signed himself, you have got to be tough, man. Yeah, you have and he's to and he's not the problems. The problems are all there, and they're just so uninteresting. And that is that is a massive problem in the world of football. Portsmouth are more interesting than Arsenal. <laughs> always, you know, there's always some something going on at Portsmouth. Sorry, Fergal, I don't mean it. I, mate, I think, but... I, you know, and oh, I mean, I hope Fergal's not in tomorrow. <laughs> you know, on the podcast, <laughs> he'll, he'll be but... listening to this today. We see him. It's just we, you know, we talked about the game um, at Anfield last week, where a fairly strong Arsenal team. I've gone out to a very experimental Liverpool team. It just shouldn't happen, but it's a typical Arsenal thing to do. They scored in the 80th minute through, I think it was Mustafi got the goal yeah, from you today, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, shut up shop. You know, you're away in your Europa League, batting down the hatches, tighten up, just do not concede. And, you know, three points in the group, everyone goes on feeling good. There's about 15 defenders on the line as well. Obviously, there's only 11 in a team, but it looked like that. They had about <laughs> six or seven men trying to defend that late Vittoria Gamarish goal and it was a great finish it was like a bicey sort of volley scissor volley into the yeah. floor bounced up and into the corner nothing the keeper could do but someone just go out and block it I'm just they look- all just rush to the line and sort of stand on the line someone just go out and block that and you've got your three points but it wasn't just that chance there was another two chances before that in the 90th minute that Vittoria could have scored so there is obviously some sort of issue there whether it's Arsenal's mentality in terms of how they're defending and seeing out games it must be something to do with that but the scary thing is the reason Emery was brought in was to sort out Arsenal's defence that hasn't really happened, mm. and that's concerning. What he has done is he's turned Aubameyang into a world beater, but what he hasn't done is sorted out the defence, which is what he was basically employed to come in and shore up. Well, Mustafi's not the answer at centre-back, is he? I mean, you know, it's been, they've been talking about for a long time. Apart from David Luiz, who sometimes plays in midfield as well, who who has he brought in at the back? What's his name? Socrates. Socrates from, uh, from Dortmund. Um, Again, I'm not feeling he this. He signed Kieran not... Tierney as well at left back from Celtic. Big yeah, money but that's, signing. that's an attacking threat. That, that's wanting to play a bit like Liverpool bombing down. Well, I'm ring. just looking at the team that Arsenal start because they didn't have the benefit of because at ten to four I'm in work trying to earn a bob or two. He subs that he's brought on have been Gwendouzi, Lacazette, Torreira. They're... So he's brought on two defensive midfielders. Gendouzi and Torreira. Yeah. yeah. They're your and they're struggling, they're struggling to win the game. They're so, starters. Meza Ozil hasn't got on the pitch after putting a decent performance <laughs> in Anfield last week. We talked about it last week and said Ozil was really good and it was really confusing when he got pulled no, off. He was probably ill or something. He seems but, to be ill most of you know, the time. You know, his team selection is bewildering. It doesn't make any sense. You've got to use the resources that are strongest for you and you've got to get them lads out on the pitch that are going to get you a result. Um, and the frustrating, the line, frustrating but... thing is they'll probably finish in the top six this year and we'll be talking about it all again next year. 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah, but the thing is, the thing is with Arsenal, they go round and round and round, and something that goes round and round and round has no point to it. So <laughs> it's just mic, mic drop from Steve. There, you know, we've got to do better. You know, you've got a loyal fan base. We don't want Arsenal TV to go anywhere because it's hilarious. <laughs> and, uh, just sort it out. A board management, fans, playing squad. You've got to have that unity. Yeah, yeah. They've got Leicester next. They'll get hammered. <laughs> Yeah, I can. I can't see anything but a Leicester. Can't see win, anything yeah. but a Leicester. Is it? Win. Is it home for them or away? It's at the King Power Stadium. Okay, so Leicester three-one. Yeah, do you know? I was going to say three-one as well. Oh yeah, well, watch this space. space. We'll I think that. it'd be quite comfortable. Come on, Leicester your... under Brendan Rodgers playing great football, getting good results against teams, and I think they're a, they're a legitimate threat for the top four this okay. season. Just finally, before we go, Norwich against Watford is the Friday night game yes. this week. Is this the first? relegation six-pointer of the season, Stefan. It, it could be, couldn't it? It's only November, guys, so let's let's not rush into this, but yeah, it could be. Daniel Fark isn't worried about Norwich's league position. He says that he's confident his players can turn it around. What I would say, they haven't scored a goal away from home since the first day of the season, the Friday night where they scored a goal in the 4-1 defeat to Liverpool at Anfield. Mm-hmm. They haven't won a game since they beat Manchester City three goals to two. This is Norwich I'm talking about, of course. Mm-hmm. And... It just feels that with that 2-0 defeat at Brighton at the weekend, mm. people are just starting to go, ah, actually, maybe we got a bit carried away when we saw Norwich beat Man City 3-2, saying that they were going to stay up quite easily. <laughs> I think we got carried away. I didn't say that. I think when you lose 2-0 to a team like Brighton, you, you maybe start getting concerned. Fark is not concerned about the league position and for he's, Norwich. Is he's, he's, he's right not to be concerned about this game, especially. I think if it was any of the other 17 teams apart from Southampton and Watford, he, he, he would be a bit worried about this weekend. But you're playing Watford. Now, if there's one team who are worse, not just because of the league standings, one team who are worse than Norwich this year, it is Watford. They've, yeah. done, they've done nothing. No. So, put it this way, I'm, I'm going to go out on Friday night. I'm not going to watch that game. Southampton equally bad, though, to be fair. I'm glad that's music to my ear. <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, um, he's absolutely delighted with that. They've been but... hanging on for years. Yeah. They have. I'd love to see it. And I said on the podcast, probably you know August time, September time, said when a team has flirted with relegation for a few seasons now, he inevitably go. Yeah. And, you know, Southampton might be one of them teams this year. I, um, just, I just think with this game, and you mentioned about Norwich n- not being too worried, but... Watford haven't really done anything. They've been without Troy Deeney. It's still another three or so weeks before Troy Deeney's fully fit again. He's back training on the grass, which is huge news for them. They've got good players at Watford. And I think the general consensus is if they're going to turn it around, they have to win on Friday so it, to start something. Is Sorry, Dan, where is, is it at? Is it, uh, is it at um, Vicarage, Road? Vicarage Road? It's at Carrow Road. Carrow Road. Right. All right. Is, is, um, is Danny Welbeck fit? No. No, he's out with quite serious injury again. Right. So he's going to have an extended period out. So, which... So who's going to be playing up top for Watford then? It'd be probably just Dale Fay or someone like that, I guess. I don't mm-hmm. know. Don't, don't fill me with confidence, that, to be honest, because he, he can be the best player in the world, but only once a season. But the, the thing is with Watford, they're another team where they decide to get rid of Grazia, um, which was pretty harsh at the time. And then the day after... Immediately. Or, or almost, immediately, yeah. almost. Yeah, it could have been the same night. They've gone back to Flores, who they sacked for having a worse run than, than Grazia. So it's... You know, you read what you sow. Watford are going to struggle. Norwich are going to struggle. But you know, look, I'm just looking at the table now. Uh, I think Villa have probably got enough just to survive. Uh, still, uh, you know, when I said that, but you, the likes of Everton, Newcastle, Burnley, um, you know, I'd be worried. Yeah, well, so Norwich against Watford is Friday night kickoff, 8 p.m. Then there's an international break, and Watford's next. Oh no, Watford's there's ne- not. There's another one. Oh. Yeah. Watford's next two fixtures: Burnley and Southampton. 
So if they're going to start, if they're going to start a run and they can beat Norwich, then they can build a, a, a few wins together. Burnley and Southampton, you'd argue, are winnable games at this yeah, moment so in time. Get, if you get like and seven then, out of nine or something. Then it's Leicester, Crystal Palace, and Liverpool. So three much nine more points from fixtures. that. will be ahead of Man United in the table. Well, <laughs> presuming Man United don't win another game. <laughs> yeah. Hey, sometimes you can presume. Um, so then, do you think? I know it's too early to predict. But do yep. you think those two teams, Norwich and Watford, will be slugging it out for the remainder of the season? Or can you see one of those teams pulling themselves out of it? There's always a team that pulls themselves out of it. You know, and it, there's could a it be great Watford? Escape. I mean, that's what I think. I, yeah. I just got this feeling that they'll be okay. How many times have we seen a team where they're just rooted to the bottom of the table and it gets into the new year and they win 10 on the bounce or something yeah. and they get themselves out of trouble? I'm not saying Watford are going to do that, but it has happened before. I think basically anyone from 14th down is it a real risk? So Burnley, Newcastle, uh, Villa, even though I think they'll escape, are, are still at risk. I think Everton at risk, which is just mental. Yeah. Um, I think Southampton, uh, Norwich and Watford, obviously, which we've discussed. So it's going to be an interesting relegation battle with, with you know seven teams fighting it out, really. Yeah. If, if if I was a gambling man, I would probably keep the bottom three exactly as they are now. You are a gambling man. Yeah, so I'll keep in the bottom three exactly <laughs> as they are now. Right, it, I'm off I, to Bucky's. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't think it'll stay the same as that. Um, I'm, I'm not convinced. I, I said at the start of the season, I think Newcastle will go down. I still believe but that. The thing is, Newcastle keep on picking up scrappy wins, as do Villa. Everton... Surely their form's got to change because well, the quality, silver before. The, the yeah, quality this, yeah. in that side is is too good to go down. Mm. No way. Their accounts are about to be published, so it's going to be interesting what that <laughs> reading what that says. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's uh, you know, uh, so yeah, we'll see what happens like on that. But I uh, I love a good relegation battle because oh, <laughs> we're never are. involved in it. Watford uh, Watford against Norwich Friday night at eight o'clock. Watford Norwich and Southampton all winless in their last five games. So that relegation fight certainly will take a turn for the interesting uh, on Friday between Norwich and Watford. Right, that's it, lads. Thank you very much for joining me cheers, for today's cheers show. Cheers, I'll see you guys on Sunday if you're listening in. But, of course, we are still a seven-day-a-week operation, so we'll have podcasts tomorrow and on Saturday with a Premier League preview show. And, of course, we're back on Sunday with a full review of the weekend's action. This has been Football Social Daily. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to hit subscribe, and we'll speak to you tomorrow. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.